Welcome back to the Reckless Student Discussion Pod. I don't know what we're calling it anymore, but welcome back. Uh, this week we talked about radif- radical forgiveness, and we had Dakota as a guest speaker. And I highly encourage you, if you were not able to make it here on Sunday, to go back and listen to the podcast version of the message because it was really good. But today, to talk about radical forgiveness, I'm joined once again by Cooper. Once again, by Caleb, which some of you may remember because we figured out the average weight of a male giraffe last time he was on. Yeah. Probably one of the highlights <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> but we are also yeah. joined by Dakota. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. I am doing fantastic. Yeah. And I am privileged to be on here with you guys. Yeah. I feel special. You should feel special. <laughs> God made you special, Dakota. But so I'm going to start out with an icebreaker question. Okay. And Dakota, you kind of alluded to this during your message. I want to know what your guys' favorite fast food fries are. <clears throat> Chick-fil-A. Oh, man. Yeah, that was quick. <laughs> Chick-fil-A all the way. There's, there's no competition to that. Chick-fil-A. Um, I would have to agree. Uh, yeah, Chick-fil-A. With um, my, my Chick-fil-A waffle fries. I mean, there's nothing yeah. comparable to that. With the Polynesian sauce. A lot mm. of people like to go with the Chick-fil-A sauce. The Polynesian sauce is the way to go with the Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Mm. A suggestion that will just change your life and the the Chick-fil-A experience altogether <laughs> forever. Yeah. I need to get paid for this. This is like some good advice here. That's it. <laughs> well, um, I think you guys are forgetting the top-tier fast food fry. It's five guys, French fries. Oh, yeah. They are homemade, made in house. With the malt vinegar. Yes. I mean, Chick fil A has to be a close second with yeah. the Polynesian sauce. I respect that. But hear me out. Like, my thing is if it's made fresh in house every day, it's immediately a hundred times better. It feels like you're at home and your dad's like cutting up potatoes and he puts them on the fryer. And homemade fries. It just it just has that nostalgic and, taste to it. See, that but I always feel like guilty. Like not guilty, but I always feel like sad when I get like uh, five guys fries because it's just like so much. It's like I finish the burger and then I look in the bag and like all these fries. I'm like, okay. That just I, means I you have, have a snack for later. I just want to know your dad is frying French fries and cutting them up. That is pretty impressive. Yeah, he Dude, does that. Homemade, homemade fries are whenever the best we make burgers, fries. my dad my dad cuts up potatoes and he makes homemade French fries, and they're spot on. I'm gonna come to your house, man. <laughs> come on, Caleb, that's delicious. It's awesome. So, so I I would have to agree with Cooper and Dakota with the best fries, but not necessarily. I'm a little biased because I work for Chick Fil A. Oh, they are made fresh every day, though. I will say that. But instead of Polynesian sauce, fresh frozen. <laughs> <laughs> instead of Polynesian sauce, I have to go with the sweet spicy sriracha. With the waffle fries. That's a close I would, third. I would say a second would be is the checkers fries. Oh, those are good. Yeah, those they're, are good. They're, they're, they're the best part of the checkers experience. Um, they even have a fry burger because you're like, you know what? Everything else is trash, but there's a fry <laughs> in a sandwich. I, I actually really do like the Big Beaford, but yeah. I've only been to Checkers once, and I'll, it was only for the fries. Like, I haven't gotten, like, a burger or anything from the Checkers burger's before. Actually not bad from there. If you time Arby's just right and the fries are fresh and hot from Arby's, I think that's oh, a pretty yes. close second. That's, like, yeah. top this five. Is, this is an important conversation. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's going to change. I'm, I'm hungry now. It's like, I, I was looking at your, your notes for the filming on, on Tuesday, and I saw 
uh, Fellowship and French fries. I'm like, what the heck is he going to talk no, about? No, it's French that? fries and forgiveness. For, for, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Get it right, Cooper. <laughs> I, I got, yeah, the I saw it for a split second five days ago. Yeah, let, me, let me know, though, if you ever go get French fries or you think about forgiveness. <laughs> if somehow I'm able to create that correlation, that yeah. is a win for me. <laughs> 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 All right. So after that serious conversation, we're going to go into the next serious topic. Uh, and we kind of talked about this in small groups a little bit, but yeah. what do you think, or why do you think it's so hard for people to forgive in this day and age? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. That is really good. Um, I was actually thinking about this while I was looking at the questions, and throughout many times in my life, I've seen moments where people in front of me ha- just couldn't forgive someone just because of how bad something happened to them that the other person did that they just can't say when I talk to them about it, they're just like, I can't do it. There's just something about it that just, I don't have, I can't forgive them. And I'm just like, me being a Christian, it's just one of my things is I always have to forgive people. Like I always have that thing. If I do something wrong, I always have to go back and forgive. But hearing people in front of me say, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I just, what they did to me, I just can't do it. I'm just, just looking back and I'm just like, man, I don't know what I'd do. I always have to forgive in that situation. Yeah, um, you know, that's a, that's good. I, I think for a lot of us, is, is kind of what I hit on tonight, which is it all stems from pride. It's kind of forgetting mm-hmm. what God has done for us and our position. When it comes to what, what God has done by, by sending Christ, I mean, um, really, I mean, pride is thinking um, more of ourselves than, than what's when it comes to our fellow person, yeah. you know, but we're all in the same um, standing with God. We're all guilty of sin, and we're all, um, when we put our faith and trust in Christ, we are um, we receive that grace, but we also realize that it wasn't something we earned ourselves. And so it is pride. I think it's, it's, it's and it, what pride does is it, it makes us um, think we're better than other people, think we're superior to others, um, more spiritual. And even as Christians, um, uh, you know, it's it's hard. It's what makes it hard is this as well. And in, in the end of the parable, um, I love the last three words that Jesus says. He says, "Forgive from your heart, mm-hmm. from your heart." It's not just an action. It's both the. It's a decision and a process that that is something you can't just manufacture. You can't just say a bunch of yeah. words. You have to. You have to intentionally mean it with um, really from the the core of who you are in. And that's difficult to to yeah. do that, and it's something I think that the Holy Spirit has to to work in our hearts to transform both our minds and in our in our hearts and, and and to to do that. And so, I think that's even kind of what I said is it's it's a sense it's really coming from a place. It requires humility, and mm-hmm. and that's that's not always easy. It's much easier to be prideful and to be resistant to to really what I said even as well is is to be resistant to obedience to what God's called us to. Yeah. And I believe it's like it's human nature to view ourselves as more righteous than we actually mm-hmm. are. That's good. And it's the fact that we see ourselves in the right then uh, more than we see ourselves in the wrong. And it's the fact that us as sinful people have that nature to uh, to want to be in the right more often than we are wrong. And, and again, it stems for pride as well. It's like also what what uh, uh, Caleb said is like. Uh, People say that I can't forgive the person what they did, but I kind of it, it's a mix between two because because Dakota said in his message is like like you have to, people can still forgive others but still hold them account accountable for what they did, um, but it's just that that 
uh, forgiveness, even though you you know you were you were done wrong against, is really that hard thing for people to uh, to grasp. Is that when they, when they are have someone do wrong against them, that is such a hard thing to say. That person, I forgive you for that. And it really is difficult for as as humans to do that when someone does wrong against us. Yeah, and I, I think going back to what Dakota was saying, like in the end of that parable, it said to forgive from the bottom of your heart. I think when so many people think of forgiveness, they think, oh, when someone does something wrong to me, I need to forgive them right away. Whereas they don't really feel like they say, hey, I forgive you, but they don't really mean that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some like sometimes they need to take time, but also if you take too much time. That may just build up in you, and, and you just kind of shove yeah. it under the rug yeah, and that's a say, great point. hey, it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Yeah, that's a great point. Going back to what I just said, it's like, like people have that, that hard, hard ability to forgive when they're done wrong against, but it's actually like really hard to, go f- to give that forgiveness from the heart. It's really hard to dig deep and not just to glaze over it and say, oh, I'm sorry, and just quickly do it. It's that from the heart... Uh, just emotion that goes into that apology or that that forgiveness, that person it, for both an apology and just saying forgiveness to somebody that's really hard for people to do. Yeah, and you, you look at in scripture the Pharisees who thought that they were self righteous because what they were doing, right? These yeah. these religious activities that were somehow expressing that they were righteous, that they were better than others, and Jesus mm-hmm. directly calls it out. Um, and, and so we realize that we can be so Pharisaic in our own behavior, yeah. and even in, in Christian environments, is, is forgetting what that, that, again, going back to the gospel, that nothing we have, uh, have earned, um, it, it, our grace that God's given us, the salvation that we've received through putting our faith and trust in Jesus, is not something that, that we've accomplished, so we should have no pride in that. But, it's just, but even when you, when you do do that, it starts with repentance. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's repentance. It's turning away from your sin. Because the, the, the piece in that, and hopefully I was kind of talking about that tonight, is that um, we can be in community knowing that we're all messy people that are struggling. Yeah. And that we know that, man, when we fall short and we mess up, like that, that we will receive some grace and not just condemnation or judgment. Like, Todd, I mean, when I was in, in high school with you guys, I remember I made a lot of mistakes. I was, I was new to the Christian thing, and I said things, and, and I, you know, I offended people, and, and I wasn't always the best student. And instead of Todd just kicking me out the door and telling me you're not welcome back, he just would lovingly talk me through that and, and counsel me through some of the decisions I made to let me see where I was wrong. And, yeah. and that love and that compassion that he showed to me was was more instrumental than anything else that you could ever do. And, you know, even even when we're, we have friends, um, one thing that's so – I remember somebody told me one time is, is, you know, when you go to church or anything and you see someone that's maybe dressed a certain way or that's – Make, making certain decisions and everything, it, he uh, this mentor told me he said, Dakota, um, you need to address the heart before you address the behavior. Yeah. And so, rather than us trying to fix people or, or justify or, or even, um, like I talked about tonight, putting vengeance in our own hands to extend that forgiveness is going to make much of such a radical difference because we know that we're in this together, um, yeah. that we all share the same grace. We're co-heirs with Christ. Scripture talks yeah. about. And so even the even the challenging part is I want to hear kind of your thoughts on maybe what you guys think is Jesus says to Peter you know forgiving not just seven times but yeah. seventy seven times um, 
that's a lot, right? And his whole point is, is not specifically the mm-hmm. number, but it's the fact is, is that forgiveness is unlimited, yeah. regardless of the frequency or the amount someone does a wrong to you. And that's pretty challenging to know that we can't just keep score. Yeah, and it's, it's John 8, 6 through 7, it says, but, but Jesus bent down and started right on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at mm. the person that was uh, being stoned that day for adultery. It's like it causes that contemplation on, on, on our own selves when, when like we read this verse. It's like, let anyone who is without sin throw the first stone, meaning we don't have the authority to judge others on their sin in this in this in this way. It's like God has that sole authority to judge those who who have sinned against Him, and it's that uh, ability to look at ourselves and look at how many times we have sinned against God in our lives, and how many times God has seen that, and God God knows us so well. He He knows even where our heart is uh, when we, when we sin, but. The fact that he extends forgiveness for all of that, it really puts into perspective uh, how we tackle like forgiveness. It's like God has we have sinned against God so many times, and yet He still extends that grace forgiveness out to us. Mm. What is? I would love to. I hate to ask a question, but I would. I would be curious from y'all's perspective tonight on street level. What What does that look like? Mm. So on a daily basis. Like what does what we're talking about? What does it look like when it's lived out? I mean, my thought process of it is going back to one of the main points you made: forgiven people forgive people, and just kind of I think about like Jesus hanging on that cross. He going back to seventy-seven times. We have sinned more than seventy-seven times, yet He forgave us and will forgive us every time we sin. Mm. So, I guess my thought process would be: Why can't I forgive someone for? one small wrong they did to me or just if we got into an argument that I may have started can I forgive them even mm. if I started like for does that make sense like yeah kind of need to forgive others even if you did you were in the wrong if even if they don't feel like forgiving you it, we need to be the ones to maybe take that step of forgiving someone yeah taking that that initial step um yeah essentially the way it's sometimes being the bigger person, mm-hmm. but really it's being more like Jesus. Yeah. Um, and it's sometimes hard. I, one of the examples I used tonight was like, it's frustrating too whenever this person won't acknowledge that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that can be very, that can create a lot of resentment and bitterness. And that's what we talked about. You can harbor those emotions and you end up building um, walls instead of bridges with that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Mine is similar to Caleb's because it's just <clears throat> we can because we've sinned so many times mm-hmm. and God can forgive us of all these sins and there's and eh pardon me I'm I'm not, eh I can't find words to I, I I I'm thinking it but I can't put it to words <laughs> yeah well I mean like I mean I get I get where you're going with yeah. that is like to really understand from God's perspective what yeah. He has done for us and I don't think there's a comparison. Yeah. Like to for what God has done for us is is so much is insurmountable compared to the forgiveness that we should extend to others. It's it's a vastly different mm-hmm. um, different um, really I would say different price, different weight that we that we have 
compared to what God has done, we should easily forgive yeah. because we realize yeah. just the weight of what that means. Like even we talked about tonight is, is the gravity of sin. Yeah. And when we undermine sin, undermine our own natural offense to God, we can. It's, it's, it's so easy for us to harbor those emotions because we see what someone else has done a lot bigger than what we have done. And so... And I think too is even I was talking about I think Corinthians or Colossians where it talks about you know bearing with one another. Yeah. I love that passage where it's patience and action mm-hmm. is we we empathize with each other and because really this is kind of I'll flip this question is how have you been forgiven? Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Think about those moments where you have have experienced forgiveness like I shared earlier. Those are the moments that are just yeah. powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, not tolerating. I think I don't know if you, if you're, maybe you can share with your parents, but where your parents didn't tolerate your actions, yeah. right, yeah. or your disobedience, but they still loved you and forgave you for that. Yeah. They didn't hold that against you. It's mm-hmm. like because, you know, Caleb pooped his pants when he was seven <laughs> doesn't mean <laughs> they're going to harbor that anger and frustration yeah. with him for so long. They're going to yeah. forgive him and yeah. move yeah. on. Yeah, But yeah. do better, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's your story, but never way. happened. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it's such a great truth in, like, Romans 3, 23 and 24. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but yet all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's just saying that it's that parallel of like, even though we all fall short and uh, and just gain, gain that initial emotion like, oh my gosh, we all fall short. But then it comes and gives us that hope. It says that um, all are justified freely by God's grace. And it's really that when you ask the question, like, how have you been forgiven? It's like the, the biggest thing I think about is how God, even through all my sin, calls me righteous in his eyes for, because I've received salvation. That's such an incredible truth just to, just to live by. What do you, and, and I would, um, and it's kind of coming from the speaker asking y'all's perspective as students. Um, I kind of mentioned cancel culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we're yeah. living in that today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and really, I wrestle with this is how it's played out. But yeah. like for the world, what do you think a difference would make if the world saw that we were a church where we weren't, we weren't, we don't negate justice, but we yeah. still forgive people and don't cancel hashtag cancel them. Yeah. Like, what do y'all think the world? What? Like, how does the world w- would respond to that if we did actually live out this radical forgiveness rather than this heavy cancel culture response that we that that people receive from society? Mm. Oh, that's, that's I, I see it as like the churches it, it has a misconception with the way it handles like different people groups and how the cancel culture can kind of look on Christians in the church and say how dare you have like this in the Bible or this or we or believe this and yet I believe that if the world saw what the actual truth found in the Bible is about the way we like we treat others and forgive others uh, and treat non-believers versus believers and stuff like that. If that truth from the Bible and not from like a personal worldly perspective kind of uh, influencing like what is what is heard about what Christians believe, because from its action from the Bible, that would change a lot of people's perspectives on, on Christian on Christian philosophy and the way we deal with, with sin and the way we look at sin. And uh, to go to the question of cancel culture, it's just like look at things through a biblical perspective and have people see what it looks like to 
to have that forgiveness through the biblical perspective is really the key there. Mm-hmm. I, my perspective on it is I think at, at a first glance, cancel culture would see this forgiveness as there's no way that's possible. There's no way that you can receive such forgiveness. But I feel like if people see the forgiveness that the church offers and what Jesus offers, they'd think it'd be amazing. They just would think it's just... Well, if you, and if you remove... If you remove God from the picture, what do you have? Yeah. You're putting, I'm building on your idea, but mm-hmm. you're you're putting justice in your own hands. Yeah, and and justice justice where there's no fairness, yeah. there's no grace, there's no compassion. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like that, that's there. There's a problem there. Mm-hmm. But if but if you don't see things through a gospel lens, through through the lens we see that, mm-hmm. you miss it. And although it's very hard, and like I said before, like. Forgiveness and those things don't negate or ignore justice or abuse or any of those or, or any of those things, injustices. But it still is we have a way to cope with them. Yeah. That's restorative. Where because I think the reality is like uh, I kind of mentioned this tonight. But if like we if we were hashtag canceled every time we made a mistake, we yeah. would we would have no relationships, yeah, no we friendships. We wouldn't be anywhere, and there would be no room to grow. We grow mm-hmm. through our mistakes. Mm-hmm. We grow and learn from them, and that's a huge part of life. Yeah. I think one of like my view on it would be first of all there'd be a lot of judgment of why oh, yeah. are you guys accepting all that and then I think a lot of people would also look at it of so many things in the world such as same sex marriage is seen as right now mm-hmm. and yeah. in the church it's not yeah so I think and a lot of people yeah. would think hey the church is trying to become yeah, the that's, next that's point I, that's the point I was they try to, to cancel yeah. the church yeah that's yeah. A, that's the exact point I was trying to make is like people look upon the church and and have con- condemnation on, on it for the way we talk about that those types of sins mm-hmm. well I think I think that and I think with all these cultural issues is that we also have to be mindful of in the gospel we preach is that number one we're not always we should not just be known for what we're against but what we're for yeah yeah and and these issues is we're not we're not again tolerating them, yeah. but we have a way to deal with them, which isn't to ostracize or reject or remove, but it's to actually yeah. to lean into them because that's what Jesus did. As Pastor Don, John talked about this morning in, in uh, church about how I love it's uh, Jesus moved into the neighborhood that he mm-hmm. became sin who knew no sin. Yeah. And so, what are we to ever to to move to remove ourselves or try to engage people who are different, who may live in sin, who are who don't know the gospel, or don't know who Christ or lost? Yeah. Um, so, I think th- think we have a place, and really, it, that's what small groups are. I would call them a laboratory of love, mm-hmm. right? Where we're all growing and striving to be more like more like Christ. And so, I mean, even um, in your small group questions, I, hopefully, I kind of went over Romans twelve. Where it talks about Paul basically makes three points in Romans twelve seventeen through twenty one is that he basically has three things: never repay evil for evil, overcome mm-hmm. evil with good, and work to live in peace with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Very three practical steps we take, and so, but it's also I think messy. And this is one thing I kind of hit on is that what we normally do is is when relationships get hard, we move on to something else, to someone else, yeah. to a group mm-hmm. or whatever. That's a lot easier. And we never actually get to know the people that we're doing life with. Yeah. And and I and I mean I learned this from high school. I mean we usually we gravitate towards people who are like us, who agree like yeah. us, and think like us. 
And and then if they don't line up with what we agree with yeah. or believe, we move on to someone else. Yeah. And we never have a chance to really get to know people. Yeah. Um, and people don't get a chance to know us. I yeah. think that's why so many people enjoy politics because they want to agree with people yeah and they also yeah. want to argue with people yeah, so yeah. well it's it's the and the, this is how we when we get so wrapped up and we're most known for our political affiliation rather than the gospel yeah like yeah. imagine if we became more passionate about yeah. um about god and his word and the gospel yeah. about jesus mm-hmm. than we did all these other things yeah. i think there's a there's a and that's where we have to approach these from a christian perspective yeah. rather than our identity being something else other than Christ. Yeah. That's why I don't like politics. I hate <laughs> politics. A little side note. I just, no, I just, the stuff with politics, it's just so degrading. It just kind of, yeah. it. Pol- what politics does to me is it just kind of just veers everyone off. It makes everyone yeah. enemies against enemies. And at the end of the day, we should just be united. But politics, it's just, it divides us. It puts everyone in a category. Exactly. Well, even, and that's a good point. And, um, you would rather land the plane, but um, is with anything. I think what we're seeing is with technology, and we've learned about the algorithm. Is that we're constantly our phones is, is telling us what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's filtering out what we agree with, what we like, and so we align in certain ways. Because and what it's really doing is fueling divisiveness. And so we're in this world where we're canceling people out. We're constantly in conflict with others who share different ideas, and so we're being taught and trained that we need to hate them or be in opposition against them when we're called to be peacemakers. Yeah, we're yeah. called to ex- really extend radical forgiveness and and allow there to be spaces and places where we can have discussions and and engage some of these ideas that we're wrestling with. And that's where I think community is so important. Yeah. This is why Reckless, we offer small groups where we're with other people who are trying to just figure things out. Yeah. This is a journey. This is a marathon. This isn't yeah. a sprint. And we haven't all arrived. And that's where I love what Paul talks about in Ephesians. He says, I pray that you'll grow in the full knowledge of Christ. Yeah. That is, we're not grace graduates, nor will we ever be until mm-hmm. we take our last breath, until Jesus returns. Yeah. And so we have comfort in knowing that we are... Um, I love what uh, one author writes. He says, we're just rough drafts of the people we're becoming. And so I think with that, we can have grace um, knowing that we aren't perfect, but Jesus is, and we put our hope in him because without him, we're helpless. And so with that, it should lead us to obedience to what he's called us to, to live with humility and trust God with our circumstances. Amen. And like going back to what uh, Kemba Walda spoke to, uh, to, uh, our discipleship group on Tuesday, and and going back to like the rough drafts of who we are becoming, it's like Ken gave us a picture of like what it looks like when when Christ comes back and how our bodies when we die, our earthly body gets buried. I don't mean to I don't mean to interrupt <laughs> you, but the one week I don't go to All In, and Ken's talking about the stuff that like. I yeah. love to look like yeah. study on yeah. in the Bible about yeah. Jesus' return. <laughs> Dang! But but it's like our other bag gets 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 kind of buried like in the ceremony. But our our uh, our spirit goes into heaven, and how when Christ returns, like Ken Ken gives us a picture of like uh, our bodies that were laid in the ground, they rise up but are made perfect. Mm-hmm. God makes our earthly bodies perfect, like. When when we come back, it's like we, we our spirit goes into heaven. We get to live with Him. Comes back, 
we we still own those bodies, but they're not those simple ones that we live on this earth with, and they are made perfect in that way. So if, yeah, yeah. It's, well, I love. Uh, I think uh, I forgot who said. I think C.S. Lewis. He says when Jesus returns, that he'll re- he'll make all um, sad things untrue. Yeah. And so restore both our, our our bodies ourselves, you know, and also resurrected resurrected bodies as well as he'll restore earth. He'll reverse Eden. Yeah. We're in a perfect world and creation with him uh, for eternity. So there's hope. Yeah, is what is. I think you're saying. Mm-hmm. What you're saying. Yeah, I think that's a great note to end this episode on. Like final little thought for me. Wait, wait, um, we're already done. Yeah. Yeah, it's what? almost been thirty minutes. What? No way. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was fun. But that was fun. I think going back to kind of what Dakota said, we're all rough drafts of who we're becoming, yeah. and I think. As we go out through our everyday lives and as we need to forgive people, we kind of need to keep that thought in mind of I'm not perfect, they're not perfect, yet God forgave us, yeah. so why can't I forgive them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, th- that's what I'm just going to encourage everyone listening with, that everyone's imperfect, we all make mistakes, yeah. but as you forgive someone, don't forgive them to be the better Christian, if you yeah. will, forgive them because God forgave you. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. another thing that ta- Pastor John talked about this morning about we can't be condescending and, and like, I'm better than you to other Christians or the people. We have to be that, humble ourselves to to um, be in fellowship with uh, those type of people. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. thank you all for listening this week and uh, I say this every week but if you ever can't make it on a Sunday night, for whatever reason, we publish the podcast version of the, each message so you can go back and listen to it. And we also publish these each and every Thursday. So, Reckless, know that you are loved and God has forgiven all of us.